Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, Robert Jehudi Wesley Gray, speaking to you live from Brooklyn, New York, September 3rd, 2017. It's really a pleasure to have you joining us again this afternoon, and we appreciate you taking out your time to share your energy with us. Indeed, this afternoon we have another exciting guest who really has a lot to share with us, uh, somewhat esoteric for many of you. But then again, many of you are actually involved with this particular matrix of meditation, yoga, and gong therapy. We have with us Brother Gary Armsby and his friend Brother Abdul, and of course, my lovely wife, Dr. Dora Gray, is with us. But before we begin, as always, we have to pay homage to the One Most High, to our ancestors, and as with that being said, I will perform libation. Omi tutu, o na tutu e tutu, aloha ni majuba. Iba ashe. Ile o majuba. Iba ashe. Oreo majuba. Iba ashe. Ashu majuba. Iba ashe. Akoro majuba. Iba ashe. Ashe majuba. Iba ashe. Ile majuba. Iba ashe. Ashu adam majuba. Iba ashe. Iwanu kui wa majuba. Iba ashe. Ajuba o ajuba o ashe. Ku water, ku road, ku house. It is the owner of the day we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of the west we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of the north we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of the south we respect. We give praise. It is the divine Okoda we respect. We give praise. It is the divine Aseder we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of the earth we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of those who dwell in the divine transformation we respect. We give praise. It is the spirit of those who live in the realm of the ancestors we respect. We give praise. We give respect. We give respect. Our faith. We give Praise to the One Most High. We give thanks and we honor our ancestors. We'd just like to mention those in our family and friends who have passed on and who are now ancestors. I will start by mentioning my dear sister, Donna Seasbay, and may she be in the arms of the ancestors and rest in peace. Ashe. My mother, Mrs. Dorothea. Sarah Dahlgren, she always said, trust God. Ashe. My mother, my grandmother, and all my ancestors who passed recently, 
I give love and cosmic love. My father, my sister, and all those that have gone before me, all the Ashe. And and lastly, if I may share this love and appreciation to those who have embraced the practice of yoga, the practice of gong meditation and therapy, the practice of giving homage to each other, those alive and those who are ancestors, through the medium of sound and rhythm. Ashe. Ashe. Yes, yes, my brother. Brother Gary, how are you? Fine, thank you. Let me shake your hand again. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure pleasure to have you. Yes, brother Abdul. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Yes, uh, as I mentioned to you, those who who are listening, and by the way, uh, if you'd like to participate in this show, please um, dial uh, 713-955-0716. As many of you may be listening via the Internet. And, of course, those of you who are calling in, uh, if you'd like to engage in conversation with myself or our guests, uh, press the number one button. Gary Almsby, uh, affectionately known as Garbo, which means divine seed, is a yoga therapist, New York State licensed massage therapist, gong master, and he has been teaching yoga and meditation since 1977. Gary has taught in all of the New York City's juvenile justice system facilities, as well as Harlem Children's Zone for over 10 years, along with senior centers within the urban community. Gary owned one of the first yoga centers in Harlem, and he is also a Thai massage master and enjoys teaching and exposing the African-American community to this holistic healing modality not yet widely recognized. Gary is a firm believer in the body's amazing ability to heal itself through diet, exercise, medicated oils, and most importantly, he states, meditation. He teaches meditation and deep relaxation using the sound vibration of the gong to help facilitate the entering of healing alpha states of consciousness to promote and encourage physical homeostasis and mental equanimity of self-healing and mental clarity, resolving with deep-seated mind, body, monologies, conflicts, and engender a sense of lasting inner peace. So welcome, my brother, again. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, as I mentioned in your, in your bio, you have been practicing, not just in private practice, but also within the, um, uh, the city municipal sector, uh, such as the New York State uh, uh, Community of Justice, Juvenile Justice System, and I'd like to speak with you about that and have you share with us your thoughts about that. But how did you get started in, in uh, being a practitioner of yoga? Um, in high school and right after high school, um, for some reason, um, basketball and other forms of exercise were not my forte. Mm-hmm. I had a brother that was very, very, very good in it. So the minute I got on the court, I was Bobby's brother. So okay. <laughs> I had to find something else to do. You mm-hmm. know? And some, some, somehow yoga just fell into my lap. Mm. There were um, classes at the Tree of Life, oh, yes. 125th Street in um, um, Harlem, mm-hmm. um, UCLA, the University in the corner of Atlantic, Atlantic Avenue. Mm-hmm. It had free classes and um, had a library of books that they op- um, offered to the community mm-hmm. that really um, opened me up and got me into it. Mm-hmm. 
Wonderful. And, and, no, I, and I think I mean to back up a little bit and share with the audience and, uh, and those of you here who might not know how Gary and I met. I met you through ISHCON. Indeed. Is that correct? Yes. Here in Brooklyn. And that goes yes. back into what, about 1983, 84? Mm. Many years ago. <laughs> I, I never forget uh, meeting you and you were uh, a devout uh, devotee, as it were. And uh, those of us who are of African descent, uh, you embraced me along with the other brothers, spiritual brothers such as Bumi, uh, uh, Bhakti Vinod, Sham, and so forth. Uh, would you like to share with the listening audience that experience, if you want to just delve into it lightly, of, of being exposed to Bhakti Yoga? Well, um, that um, this ISKCON or the International Society of Christian Consciousness, uh, Harry Krishna was um, at that time was a really booming organization with um, institutions all over, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really impressed with their whole um, ashram living situation. They had mm-hmm. ashrams all over the country, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's, at that time, um, you didn't pay to get in an ashram; you had to give up all you had to get in the ashram. Uh-huh. A lot different than it is now, and, yes. and, um, and then their their um, deity was a black shining black God, Krishna, which is which is mind-blowing to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, people of all races, especially Europeans, bowing in and acknowledging the Supreme Being as being black. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting. And um, I, I had a desire to read the Vedic literatures and to study, you know, really seriously. So I decided to, you know, become a devotee, devote myself to it. Mm. Well, I'm so happy that I was introduced uh, to the... Uh the ashram and, and that particular journey, uh, with you being part of my um, my introduction, mm-hmm. you know, you made me feel relaxed and uh, you received me, you know, as with love, and and also as a brother, and and that's important. I think that many of us um, are exposed to different religious orientations and spiritual groups, and and the uh, the interaction is not as genuine mm-hmm. as you would like it to be especially as you get involved with the politics, with the, the nuances of the customs and so forth. And like you said before, there's people from all over the world who are practicing bhakti yoga, which made it a very unique experience, along with prostrating in front of a, a black deity, mm-hmm. which was really uh, uh, heartfelt from my end. Um, now, you, you, you was, were you teaching back then? Yoga and, and meditation. Um, I I I, oh, I stopped teaching yoga at um, half of yoga. At that time, yoga. Okay. Yeah, I was teaching mm-hmm. bhakti yoga at that point. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. And yeah. when did you start teaching hatha yoga? I uh, started in '77, and I stopped. Uh, I, I concentrated on bhakti while I was in um, the temple, mm-hmm. kind of put um, hatha yoga to the side because there was a uh, there was an, um, a de-emphasis on hatha yoga in that tradition and mm-hmm. an emphasis on chanting. Ah, yes, yes. Meditation. You know, and and there's something I also like to touch upon. Uh, Those of us who practice these various modalities, which deals with higher self, we find that we get into a certain sphere of uh, not only consciousness and awareness, but also a sphere of of energy. And if I can just explain, uh, my experience with Gary is that throughout the years, we would find ourselves meeting one, one, one another, you know, walking down the street 
and I acknowledged going back about four or five years ago that there was a certain grid, uh, uh, a, a vortex, a latitude, latitude grid that we will always meet at, <laughs> and during the afternoon. And and I, I wanted to just share with you what do you feel about that experience in terms of those of us who gravitate to one another through what they call now the law of attraction. It's um, coincidence or cooperative um, incidents. You know, there's uh, nothing, uh, nothing random in the universe. You know, everything mm-hmm. has a, a reason and a purpose. And uh, things come together for a reason in part, serendipity. But it's you know, it's amazing how this this universe has a moral push, mm-hmm. a moral um, and a direction that is going in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Meeting like that just proves it to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have others in your life, friends and associates, who you have that same experience with? It's just amazing uh, how people pop up at certain times. A lot of times when you just have thought about them and you mm-hmm. haven't thought about them in years, you know, mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Um, so I, I have a lot to ask. And, and by the way, Abdul, you can always feel free to chime in. And, and and I'd like to give uh, Dora an opportunity to share some thoughts. So, so Gary, I know a lot of our listeners might not be familiar with the terms that you're using. Okay. I know there are several different types of yoga. Could you just maybe talk for a minute or so about maybe like three major ones? Okay, yeah. Well, um, the one that everyone seems to be most familiar with is um, alpha yoga we've done known as now and that's using a lot of different physical postures um, to put somebody in a different state of mind is also very therapeutic mm-hmm. it was created to help um, individuals stay in meditative positions for long periods of time without discomfort mm-hmm. but, but it's, it also has um, it's so therapeutic in so many of the uh, diseases and uh, um, maladies we find in this culture it's amazing and that, that's half a yoga that um, uses postures to help facilitate the body's um, healing um, system. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion, and that's more, um, it doesn't involve physical postures as much as chanting, praise, and devotion to a supreme being, you know, and that's bhakti. Then they have um, what might be called a Raja Yoga, mm-hmm. which is uh, more meditative and more contemplative, heavy, uh, concentrated on more than postures and devotional activities, more meditational and introspective activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there one you'd recommend for a novice? Well, it depends on what the person was trying to achieve, and, and you know, they, all of these different systems are for different personalities. Yeah. You know, somebody might be more intellectual and introspective, so they would they would like they, they would um, be more comfortable in Raja Yoga. Somebody more active and maybe even younger, you know, physically, or might even somebody with um, physical um, problems. Hatha might be the best for them at that time. And then someone who has a strong devotional and compassion and, and um, even musical sense, uh, bhakti. Expressing that through devotion and music and chants might be best for them. But really, we should use them all. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, somehow combine them all. And they say, well, you master one and you master all. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think that, uh, and I want to, 
I had some questions prepared to ask you, but I'm letting it become more of an extemporaneous type of uh, sharing amongst us. And um, there's, like you said, different personalities being attracted to different modalities of yoga. We have a phenomenon now, a sociological phenomenon of the technology and the cell phone being one, mm-hmm. where people actually are meditating on the phone, meditating on texting, are using text. There is an app, yes. There is an app for meditation. Yes. And, and, and then there are those who have a personality where, from ego, they're trying to uh, multitask mm-hmm. as a lifestyle. So whenever they have an opportunity to text someone and to use the phone, they're doing it even crossing the street with traffic going by, you know, against the light, as it were, and driving and such. Um, and then on the other side, you have people who are actually walking down the street with their mats on their backs, heading towards the yoga center and so forth. What do you think about that phenomenon, just from your perspective as being a, a master yoga and therapist and teacher? Well, one thing that, that seems like walking around with a, a PVC toxic plastic mat on your back is somehow a status symbol with that. Uh-huh. You know, it's just, you know, there's a vibe there that, um, you know, it's real urban um, arrogance sometimes. Uh-huh. And, and even with the Texan, you know, as um, uh, as they, um, as you've heard that this world is getting more and more impersonal. Yes. You know, yes. it's another arrogant way to ignore all this in their presence, it seems. More than useful, you know, and then you know, just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But so, but it's amazing to see how yoga has become so mainstream, as opposed to like in the '70s where it almost would seem like a, a Martian or something weird with you doing it. Mm-hmm. Now you see commercials and like mm-hmm. uh, what you call them, Citibank commercials using yoga and what, and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to be somewhat co-opted, but it's so powerful that even when it's co-opted and exploited, the power in it comes out and it's transforming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, even to the point that you have a, a person like Russell uh, Simmons, who's now considered to be the hip-hop guru, and he meditates and chants and practices yoga. Yeah, he, he's, he has a um, deep dedication to yoga. I think he's opened up a, a really first-class yoga center in California. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he has a line of clothing, too. That might be helpful. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, and yeah. about a line of yoga clothing. That might be yeah, helpful, yeah. 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 That's something that really bothers me, so-called yoga, what they call yoga pants, which yeah. is <laughs> nothing but spandex, uh-huh, which, is, uh-huh. which is really an antithesis to what real yoga pants are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the drawstring, yes, loose-fitting, loose yeah. you know, not form-showing. You know, natural like, fiber exactly. instead of synthetic fiber. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even with the um, yoga mats, although they are as important they are, they're pretty toxic. PVC, ah. the PVC. You okay. Know, oh. You know, and, and there was even a report of women um, from um, being pressed on it, you know, having uh, issues with that. But, oh, interesting. Yeah, but it's, uh, um, but it's amazing when Western culture gets a hold of something, how they have to milk it with every market mm-hmm. and marginalizing aspect uh-huh. around. But mm-hmm. yoga is so powerful that it will survive that exploitation and yes. its beauty will still come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Russell Simmons, what he's doing is really important. I wish he would um, get a, a bigger thrust in it because he has such a key into our young community mm-hmm. you know, that uh, it's really in, in refreshing to see his dedication and love of mm-hmm. yoga. Yeah, I was a little amazed. I read an article uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was being interviewed, and uh, I think it was a magazine. I go to certain 
newspaper stands in the mm-hmm. subway, especially with, when you're allowed to read, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, he was cursing. Well, he even gave, shared an anecdote about him talking to his daughter and, and saying, MF for this and that, what have you, you have to be alert for this. And I says, wow, you know. So I understand, I'm sure you do, that it, it takes time for people to progress from one habit to another, and as you just like taking medicine or taking herbs uh, to heal your body, your body doesn't heal right away, mm-hmm. uh, such as the, the, the uh, psyche. It's funny. Um, some people think that, um, that a person who is, um, that yoga and somebody that is well, um, has been practicing yoga and the goal of yoga is to be totally calm all the time, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. You mm-hmm. know? These emotions come, they yeah. go. They come and go. It's not to get caught up in them, mm-hmm. but not to try to push them away. Right. You know, to think that someone doesn't experience anger and try to stop yourself and and condemn yourself for experiencing it will, will make you schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. The thing is to see it arise, develop, and fade. It's funny, just last week I, um, somebody pointed out a, a verse in the Bible that um, it's not a sin to get angry as long as, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with anger as long as you don't sin. You know, mm-hmm. because the thing is, oh, don't get angry, no, no. And we try to suppress that, mm-hmm. you know, and even sometimes cursing, you know. Although, you know, um, I don't know, people will, will, they will hear him cursing and say, well, how can you practice yoga and curse, which is ridiculous. He's just expressing a sound vibration that's abrasive, that's expressing his motion at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that word is just as valid as any other word. Mm. You know, but we have put in these, we put these things, these value systems. So he used this word, so he must not be like this. So he must be like that. It's a trip, but it's, this is a misconception of of um, exactly what spiritual life is and what is expected. You know, people would think, oh, he should be calm. Or, although they like the people like Tishnak Ham, a lot. You know, you see him very calm you know, all mm. the time. But everyone is not like this. Like we all have our individual personalities, and like in the Raja system, um, esoteric uh, Buddhism and yoga, you see um, deities that are rattled, you know, that, mm-hmm. de- that, that are scary, that almost looks like a demon to um, people outside of the tradition. Mm-hmm. But that just shows the wrathful, the wrathful aspect of God. Like even in ancient Egypt, Hathor mm-hmm. is seen as a peaceful cow mm-hmm. and a vicious lion, ah, Shemek, you know, mm-hmm. the, the two aspects. Yes, yes. So... You know, so sometimes that, you know, expecting someone to be super calm, you know, that is um, that is uh, unrealistic and it's not even a um, healthy expectation. Or it just shows that we are uncomfortable with our anger, with that part of us. Mm-hmm. I believe, though, as a martial artist and, and as a minister, that um, words are important, that indeed uh, words are a precursor to, uh, or thoughts are a precursor to words. And words are precursor to action. And action can be either good or bad. And I think in our community, it's been proven that, that when we curse, even using the N-word and, and, and using the B-word, you know, uh, that can evoke um, more uh, of a violent response than a peaceful response. So I think that it, it, it's, it, it's incumbent upon us, especially as elders, to try and, you know, the, the old piece way back when children should be seen and not heard, uh, I think that uh, the piece of if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, 
you know, should perhaps be part of, become part of our culture in order for us to really come together. I have a question, but what about, what, what about repression? Repression, repression, of, of emotion. repression is, I agree with you, you shouldn't repress your emotions, but I think that, that there's a way of, of dealing with letting your emotions show, but in a, in a very, um, as agreeable as possible. We've gotten to a culture where people don't even make an effort to monitor themselves, and that's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, running the red light. Uh, running the yellow light, knowing that there's a propensity that you're going to eventually run the red light. If you do that, then indeed you have chaos and you have potential uh, I agree. very serious consequences. We're going to I take a break. That, I'm going to... I believe that um, chaos precedes the calm. Yes. And what's happening from, from working with a lot of young people, um, what's happening is we are holding on to the traditional values that we grew up with because of our age and maybe we latched on to it and didn't really deviate from it mm-hmm. and therefore like we're we're stuck on that and there's nothing wrong with that. But when I look at the young people nowadays, they're wordy and they're doing things that they're doing because you can't um, keep a lid on a cannon forever. It's gonna mm-hmm. blast. Absolutely. And what they're doing is they're expressing themselves um, some of them are consciously doing it. Some of them are doing it out of, again, you know, that lid is going to come off eventually if you keep, you know, if you try to keep the lid on tightly, mm-hmm. you're going to blow like a volcano. So some of them are just going over the edge, and in that release, that's actually healing to them. We might be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what did they say? Leo, look at us. But they're actually going through a healing through some of the chaos, and to kind of paraphrase something that my husband says all the time, the reason they're the way they are is because we're the way we are. Yeah. So we yeah. set them up to explode and, and to, exactly. to do these crazy things. So now we can't say, how dare you do that? Right. And they're doing it, and it's actually our fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. I think there's a way of um, assisting them in their healing. That's, that's what needs to happen. Instead of condemning them for what they're doing, we need to facilitate Oh, absolutely. The healing, yeah. No, no question about it. I mean, yeah. you made a very profound point, and we're going to take a break. Uh, we've into the 26th minute of the hour, and I want it, it would be uncomfortable for me not to ask you to play your gong and and to really get into that area of of uh, of your practice of your practice rather. But um, I think that that's the dance we have to have is to be able to engage, like you were saying, hun, uh, the youth and young adults and older adults with, with love and embrace them and saying... So that's what I wanted to say, mm-hmm. that as far as a mantra and sound, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not the combination of words, mm-hmm. it's the intent behind it. Yes, yes. You know, I saw uh, Rod Nees had, uh, had something on the internet, I saw it, uh, a couple of weeks ago about he uses the word F-U- you know, mm-hmm. and he speaks about how that word could be used for any con- for any situation. Mm-hmm. It's the most universal word in the in the yeah. world. It could be surprise. It could be love and damage. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be anger. You know, and it's the intent behind the word, mm-hmm. and that is what we're hearing. You know, not this word itself. If I say thank you, um, um, sincerely or sarcastically, how do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that vibration. Yeah, you know, and and that's what's coming across. And that's what's offending people more than the choice of words. 
that it, it, these people, these kids are angry at us. Yeah. And they're coming at us and using these words, and, and it's more of that anger that is bothering us than the words. Yeah, 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 that, I, I agree, I agree. But we, I think we have to establish certain rules. And, and, that, and, and, and that, we have gone that, overboard. That, that work for us as opposed to against us, especially those of us of African descent. We cannot emulate this, the, the, the person who enslaves us. We cannot, like Dr. Henry Clark says, we cannot allow the slave master, so-called master, to teach our children and expect them to come out whole. We have to teach them. So we, I think we need to be selective, just like eating our diets, eating the proper food, you know, ingesting uh, liquid and food that's, that's healthy for us, as opposed to saying, well, you know, it's just sugar, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just this, it's just that, it's just fat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, don't want, I don't need to exercise, that's for those young folks, you know, of course, we, as we get older, we find out that, uh, yes, indeed, there are certain things that you cannot do liberally. Right. So we're going to take a short break at this point, and I want to thank you again, the listening audience, for tuning in with us uh, this afternoon to Grassroots Holistic Talk Radio. Yes, we're back. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Uh, we have our esteemed guest, Brother Dr. Gary Armsby. <laughs> yes, well, I, I just wanted to I said doctor because uh, we all in some form or fashion, those of us in the healing community, are doctoring uh, from ourselves, our family, and, and those who come into our circle. Uh, we might not be licensed as, as such, or have the, you know, certification from a university, but I think that we have to give homage when, you know, we have to give, uh, 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 what do you call, titles and, and acknowledgement when it's due. 
Uh, what is that? Is that a tuning fork that you just played? Yeah. Uh, a tuning. Hmm. And that's the mallet that plays it. The, Hmm. hmm. So use that in your therapy. Yeah, definitely. Sound vibration is amazing. Uh, if you don't you know, put out your hand. So he has a tuning apparatus, and he hits it with a mallet. Those of you who are listening, and places it on different meridian or chakra areas. And tendons and bones. Tendons and bones. And, and this helps those who have uh, rheumatism or arthritis or any type of joint so many things you know where vibration you know there's you know doctors use vibration to see whether there's a fraction of bone or whatnot but mm -hmm. it's amazing how the, um it changes things on a cellular level you mm -hmm. know really uh, um all the way to a cellular level different vibrations because everything vibrates mm -hmm. yeah, everything has a certain tune to it it's a certain um a certain um harmony a resonance yes. yes and this helps to you know put that the body back in harmony and it definitely for um Tendons and arthritis is excellent. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I, I I was encouraged to find out that that you uh, have taught within the uh, New York State uh, Juvenile Justice System, and uh, if you could share with us your experience in that area. There's this amazing yogini um, mother goddess um, Krishna Kar out of um, California. Uh huh. Who um, her response to the three strikes and you're out oh, yes. law was um, she had to get into the prisons to make sure that you know at, at two or one strike there won't be the third. Yes. So she her dedication was to you know go into yoga, to go into different um, juvenile justice systems and teach yoga, teach the science of yoga. Mm -hmm. She's a Kundalini yoga master. Yeah, and, and that's that's been every very very interesting. Uh, getting in that environment and how they respond to it. This brother, um, Abdul, with me, he also has um, goes in there and teaches. And um, oh, it's amazing. Um, um, the effect it, it has. One time there was a ch child that was released, mm -hmm. but he the child decided to stay late until Abdul came to teach the class. And that means a kid decided to stay in jail an extra couple of mm -hmm. hours for this yoga class, wow. which is no minor thing, lot. you know, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. That's amazing. How, how long have you been teaching uh, and giving? Um, wow. Uh, since we had the um, yoga studio on Eighth uh, Avenue, right across the street from Amsterdam Moves, uh -huh. and um, me and my teacher here and my good brother, um, I was teaching at Spofford. Wow. And Horizons in the Bronx. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I was a little shy. You know, he stays on me. So uh, he said, you ain't got no time to be shy, bro. You're going in there to deliver a message. Yes. So what he was telling me, I need to learn to get out the way mm -hmm. and put other people first. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks to Krishna Carr, uh, she had a program for us to follow, which was you were supposed to make that your own. Mm -hmm. And it was called a... Uh, empowerment program. So my thing was, and when I came in, I had an hour with the boys and mm -hmm. I had an hour with the girls. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened was those kids were cursing, coming in, you know, because mm -hmm. you see where they are. Yeah, yeah. And me living in that neighborhood, I didn't live far from Spartan. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way I got their attention is to first focus on who was 
the head man, the head uh, boy in that class, and who was running, who was the head girl. And once I got their attention, and the way I got their attention was, I said, excuse me, I said, do anybody have a torn rotator cuff? Do anybody have asthma? Uh, do anybody have arthritis in their knees? Everybody started raising their hands. Yes. And this was important because a lot of times you can't allow yourself because you hear them cursing. Of course they're cursing. Right. Of course they're saying, uh, oh, oh, shut your pee up, mm-hmm. the girls, to mm-hmm. each other. Or the, the brothers, the young men were saying uh, the D word to each other. Mm-hmm. And I said I had to remove all of that and get their attention. Once I got their attention, mm-hmm. wow. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the empowerment program for me involved uh, showing them the difference between being powerful and being powerless. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I just noticed we have a, a guest listening in, and uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts with us after Brother Abdul shares his thoughts, please feel free to chime in, okay? Great. Please continue. Yes. So the difference was showing them that you have the power to either inspire somebody mm-hmm. by saying a good word mm-hmm. or you have the power to make somebody feel powerless by saying something bad. And by showing them that and how that affects them, it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. They was able to understand that. Awesome. And the whole goal is not that you have to actually try to reach that goal, but by the awareness of breathing becoming present, that you could just do that right now. So that gets rid of expectations mm-hmm. or failure. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. And simplicity was my best way to teach them by exercising it mm-hmm. in my daily life. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we make spiritual path so complicated mm-hmm. and you don't have to go through no initiations. All you gotta do is be aware of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that I showed them the power of being aware of the breath. Being aware of the breath. Which yes. means by them becoming aware of the breathing mm-hmm. and following that, they're able to shut down the past and the future things that haven't happened yet. I'm happy you mentioned that uh, I, I thank you for sharing that because I do um, the Power of Now. There's a book out titled that by Eckhart Tolle, and I, I, I've done reviews on it on my show in the past. I've done about 94 shows over the past nine years, and uh, I'm so happy that you're assisting me in pushing towards that 100th mark, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yes, The Power of Now, dealing with what's happening with yourself now and what's happening within our family, within the community now, and like you say, breath is so important. Um, uh, Brother Gary, what, what do you have to share with us concerning breath and how dynamic that is in one's uh, essence? It's all about the breath. You know, definitely, um, you know, we could live um, so long without food mm-hmm. um, and even days without water, but only minutes without the breath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, and in yoga, it's taught for each state of mind is a corresponding breath, you know. So, um, and if if we notice the way we breathe in this culture, we breathe from the upper chest. Yes. When we inhale, we 
inflate our chest, mm-hmm. and that keeps us in a fight-and-flight state of mind, yes. you know, um, real stressed out and adds to the whole stress-related diseases, mm-hmm. hypertension, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and keeps us violent in a violent culture. But if you watch a baby breathe, when they inhale, their stomachs inflate mm-hmm. as opposed to the chest, and you get your full use of your lung surface, mm-hmm. and also initiates the rest and digest response. And um, so it's so important to monitor your breath, control your breath, because yoga is all about linking motions with breath. Because mm-hmm. if you, you we could do the same exact motions, and when they're not linking it with the breath, it becomes calisthenics, yes. which has great benefits, mm-hmm. but you don't have the same benefits as when you link it with the breath, and that, then it becomes um, yoga. This is amazing. Control, they say control your breath and control your mind. Absolutely. You know, the, the mind follows the breath. It's so key. And I think that's why it's so important to learn an instrument of some nature because that automatically places you in, in the mode of, of breathing correctly or breathing more so appropriately than you would if you didn't play an instrument. Would you agree when, with that? Yeah. Depending on the instrument, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah, because... The drumming, you know, I guess that's the key. Present breathing is key, but definitely wind instruments. Yes. Yeah, but every, but we all should go through a class in breathing because mm-hmm. it's, it's funny how we get conditioned to breathe in, inefficiently. Right. You know. Uh, I'd wanted to just acknowledge you, uh, the, the one that's on uh, online. If you'd like to speak, please feel free to share. If not, uh, indeed, you've indicated that you're just desiring of listening to the show, uh, but you're more than welcome. Um, what I'd like to do is take another break, but I'd like you to play your gong uh, and, and to really during share the, the energy of that during the break. So, uh, indeed, uh, we're going to uh, wait for Brother Gary to uh, to uh, position himself to play the gong, and this will be uh, this will be a, a treat for us. As a matter of fact, this is, Gary's the first uh, musician and healer to visit us at our studio in our home who uh, performed. So uh, I'd like to definitely uh, invite you to just sit back and take a deep breath and take in the energy of the gong.
Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Kind of makes you not want to come back. Yes, yes. <laughs> we could have done a whole show with just gong meditation. Amazing. And uh, amazing, amazing. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. That's profound. Thank you for the platform. Yes, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, we need to do more of that. You know, just Tell me, um, what was your reaction to the sound of the gong? Well, it... it it made me become introspective and get into my inner self. It calmed me, relaxed me. Even though I was trying to pay attention to what was happening with my my um, you know, technology, the multitasking, the multitasking. But uh, I was looking at Laura. She really got into it, and Abdul was, you know, relaxed, and that brought me back. 
They say this, the sound of the gong. Mm-hmm. You know, other sounds we could kind of ignore, mm-hmm. but the, the gong grabs your mind, and there's no way you can mm-hmm. not hear it. Yes. And each instrument, um, the gong, atoms leave the gong mm-hmm. and come back out of all instruments. Yeah. yeah. And it creates an envelope of sound. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I, I had accessed the, um, a video on YouTube last night, and this particular gong practitioner was, he had a series of gongs, maybe about nine of them or eight of them, all keys of the scale. And uh, he was playing them, and he was talking about what he just shared in terms of each note having a specific vibration. And uh, I think are we, as individuals, more um, attuned or have an affinity to a certain note depending on who we are? Definitely, um, and it changes. We all have our own. Everything has its own vibration mm-hmm. and resonance, and, mm-hmm. and we could properly adjust our ears. We could hear it, you know, mm-hmm. and amplify it, mm-hmm. and it changes. Mm-hmm. But we all have a different, um, our own resonance. And um, one thing about the gong, it's just not one note out the gong. That right. makes it amazing. Yeah, the harmonics, yeah. it's almost all the notes, uh-huh. you know. So that's why it's so effective to um, resonate with almost everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm fascinated with uh, mammals uh, like elephants and whales who are able to communicate with each other from like 100 miles away, the whale underwater. And, of course, the same thing with the elephant, the largest, the two largest animals above land and under in the water. And they able to, the elephant makes a, like a guttural sound and is able to communicate 10, 20, 30 miles away. Continue. Yes. So there's a little mallet. That is something that I think that if most people understood that, I think we understand the phenomenon of, of dogs. Ah, that sounds just like the, an elephant. Yes, elephant. Yes, yes. Wow, that's amazing. And, and did, you did that with a specific type of mouth. Hmm. Yes, may I touch this? If I, may, uh, I was just imagining. Yeah. The therapeutic effects that the gong would have on, say, babies who might be born addicted to drugs. Because I remember I didn't mention that, but yeah. um, 
I met your wife because I used to teach a class and she would play music live. You teach a class in yoga, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like the most, I was just thinking about that a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most amazing classes I've ever had. Absolutely. And, and teaching. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. I, I enjoyed it too. I've, I've just felt like, well, I wanted to be on the floor doing the asanas also, but I was yeah. just playing. Right? But that's what, it, yeah. that's what it does. But it's still, it's like part of the whole. Absolutely. Right. Right. Be out of bed this morning, um, about 6.52, mm-hmm. I looked at the clock. And what's so amazing about the gong, it um, that sound, it implodes. Mm-hmm. So it's not the sound is one thing, but it's when it resounds, it mm-hmm. brings you in, mm-hmm. and actually acted like a magnet. It, it woke me up gently too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just coming down the stairs, but it was bringing me right to it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's where the power is at. Yeah. That I experienced besides what I read. Mm-hmm. And when that sound comes, that's not the power, but actually when it resounds back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw that as a way to, uh, I had something on my mind, but it's like it comes like an ocean of water, that vibration. And then it takes out whatever is not supposed to be there ah. and brings it back. It or just removes that the sound vibration. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what sound healing is based on, according to my experience mm-hmm. since I've been not just reading up on it, but actually putting it into work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it true with certain things mm-hmm. that I've read, that I've experienced, mm-hmm. not just this morning, but since I started playing it. Mm-hmm. And um, the vibration is really a miracle in itself, whoever designed it or created, left it for the masters, mm-hmm. yeah. left it for a specific purpose. Yeah, symbols are, are um, gong symbols. Uh, and it's it's a part symbol. of that. Symbol. Symbol. Yes. Isn't that yes. amazing? A symbol has two meanings. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So it blows my mind. Yeah, it's amazing uh, the, the English language. But um, I know that, uh, you know, I'm a drummer, African drummer, but also a jazz drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not so much practicing right now uh, drumming in jazz, but I'm self taught and had the good fortune to have friends of mine who were um, really good. And uh, uh, the symbol at one time was not a prevalent. Uh, hard, the drummer, rather, tramp drummer, was not a prominent part of, of the dance group until uh, Bebop came along. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Max Roach and uh, Art Blakey and, and, and a host of other masters, um, you know, stepped up to the plate, as it were, and made the drum a prominent part of the band. Fox Tribe. And, and that's one of the reasons why we fell in love with that music, not because of the sax player or the other instruments. But that drummer playing that cymbal, keeping that beat, that rhythm, that, that stride, they call it. Yes, yes, indeed. And um, that's something that I, 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 like you say, being patient with our youth and those who are going a certain direction in terms of their culture uh, and, and orientation towards music and engaging one another, that everything, like Mao Zedong says, uh, uh, revolutions are like tidal waves. You know, you have your cycles coming back pulling in, in waves. So um, I, I'm just appreciative of what you're doing, both of you, in terms of your therapy. I wanted to touch upon, before we end the show, we had to, to tell in um, your experience with working at uh, the, uh, uh, the Harlem Children's Zone with Brother uh, Joffrey Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very profound brother. I was, my wife and I were both introduced to him on 60 Minutes. 
about six, seven years ago. He was being interviewed. Wow. And uh, he came from humble beginnings, a very poor um, experience as a, as a child in, in, in the South Bronx, but um, pulled himself up by his bootstraps, as it were, and, mm-hmm. and graduated from Harvard and came up with this idea to open up a center in Harlem. Um, and uh, I just wanted to know, did you meet him? How did you get involved? I, I met him only once, but mm-hmm. um, I've, I've met him through his works and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, it's amazing how he decided that um, he's going to dedicate um, so much of his life to opening up schools to those that are the least served and the most despised. Mm-hmm. And teaching in his center is amazing. My, some of my best classes in teaching in the school that he had built, mm-hmm. the first school built in Harlem in 30 years. In 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why um, all of our so-called leaders that have worked there 30 years, mm-hmm. I kind of lost respect for that. Oh. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. No school built in Harlem. Anyway, so the, to be in this building mm-hmm. that was a dream of his must be something. I was wondering how he would feel while I'm going up the elevator. On something that was once a dream that's now so solid it's gone up and down but um mm-hmm. yeah but uh, it's amazing and the love that that school is based on and the effect it has on the children is amazing nothing nothing like a little love to um get them motivated right you know like more than technology and money thrown at, at them it's amazing mm-hmm. he stepped down about three years ago yes and uh sister uh and the new CEO is a uh, woman by the name of Annie uh, Ann Williams Isom who took over. Yeah, but I definitely would love to emulate him. Sorry to cut you off, sure. but to um, build something that even though you stepped off and you could even die, uh-huh. it's still there pumping. Yes. You know, so it's it's amazing. You know. Mm-hmm. So how is it there. how is it running under the new leadership? Question. I well, it, I haven't seen it um, change much, but I, I'm just. I have a, a lucky job. I just come in and, and for an hour teach the kids uh-huh. or teach the, um, teach the adults and the staff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not involved so much in the day-to-day politics and, um, mm-hmm. and the But I have seen, I have felt no change there in, in the mission and the way it's being handled and Great. brought across. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, how can one get in contact with you? They'd like to... Um, Avail themselves to your services. Well, um, um, take a call. You know, um, Integrated uh, Medical Massage is the name of the organization. It's um, I, I I could give my number out. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's just um six four six eight zero four zero five one six, and I'm on Facebook, Gary Ormsby, and um, you could I can friend you. Can they email you or? I emailed me at g. Ormsby, O-R-M-S-B-Y-7, number 7, at hotmail.com. Great. G-Ormsby7 at hotmail.com. Thank Wonderful. You. And, and and how can they contact you for that, Bill? Uh, they can contact me by uh, 910-624-5505, or they can contact me at my Gmail, which is Carthens, L-C-A-R-T-H-I-N-S-L, at gmail.com. Wonderful. Great, great. Well, again, I, I'd like to thank both of you for uh, visiting us and being part of our show uh, this Sunday afternoon. It was really a pleasure, and I hope this is not the last time that um, we're able to get together and really share this, this uh, 
information that's so needed within our community. Uh, Hannah, I'd like to thank you for, for joining us as well and sharing your thoughts. Uh, it's really uh, a, a square table mm. <laughs> discussion that really was very powerful. Well, I'd like uh, to thank the listening audience, uh, and I wish you peace, love, and blessings, mind, body, and spirit. Alafia. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the gong energy was just uplifting. I hope those of you who are listening were able to feel the vibrations of the gong as Brother Gary was uh, displaying his skills uh, with being a gong master. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to sign out now. And, again, uh, we ask you to join us uh, every week with Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio. My name is Barbara Jehudi Wesley Gray, speaking to you live from Brooklyn, New York, and I wish everyone peace, love, and happiness. Assalamu alaikum, namaste, hetapu, shalom, alafiyah. Oh.